0: Lent is coming. This is the Lent preview Sunday. So the Sunday before Lent, we can take some time to think about what's, what's coming with Lent. Um, it was fun to hear the reading from the Transfiguration, wasn't it? And did you notice a connection? That, that was like the, the, the new song that we sang right at the beginning, Open the Heavens and all that. That's a Transfiguration song. And the Transfiguration is the reading uh, in the liturgical churches. We had the reading uh, here today. It was really well done. About um, like heaven opening for a moment, and Jesus face shining, and Moses and Elijah being there, and I, when I heard that song, I thought, "Oh, I think that 's my new favorite song, and I, like the the team got us singing it like a brand new song, got us singing it. We sounded like good in that in that song, so like I, I want to sing again after after the communion, but let 's do whatever Cassie tells us to do <laughs> the, so so you want you want to think about Lent perhaps as like an alternative part of an alternative approach to time so um, you know the Jewish people were in Babylonian exile so they were north they were like you know brutally you know um, captured in land of Israel. They were marched up to Babylon, modern day Iraq. They they suffered in Babylon. And during the Babylonian exile, um, what we think of what became Judaism really started to coalesce and come into being. And it was there that the documents we now call either the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, I think Older Testament is a better term because the New Testament is pretty old and it's not that new. So let's go maybe Older Testament newer testament or the hebrew bible but um, these writings uh, really feature an alternative approach to time so like the new day starts at sundown not sun's uh sunset um or sunrise sorry um you know we think of the new day starts with sunrise but in the jewish rendering it starts at sundown um, uh, there's a day of rest every seventh day which should be our Saturday. There are like three major, like multi-day festivals that are scattered through the the year in the Hebrew calendar. But so, what what was the function of this in that context? Well, Babylon was a bummer time for the Jewish people. It was a burden-bearing time. It was, uh, you know, like I said, forcibly torn from their homeland, marched to Babylon, living as exiles uh, in a foreign land. And in Babylon, every seven day was called an evil day. Um, Certain things were prohibited, so they called it an evil day. Only one of four of the evil days um, was a day of rest. And they featured like an offering to placate a different God in each of the days in a a four week cycle. And And the gods in Babylon were viewed as like potentially hostile forces unless sacrificed to. So you could see how the Jewish people would feel oppressed under this approach to time that was part of the Babylonian culture. Like all the holidays, all the festivals, all the cultural ways that people are observing days and time. That's a big part of our life. And it's rhythms that you get swept into. And they were swept into these rhythms that were were just so foreign to them. And so they developed an alternative approach to time. And so they kind of, they did both, you know, they had to abide by some of the Babylonian, you know, rhythms of time, but they also had their own rhythms to time. Um, So, you know, to get a feel for the situation, you know, living um, on an impoverished uh, Indian reservation, a crappy piece of land that your ancestors were driven to by a conquering army, and then having the whole rest of the country, Go bananas over, like, turkey and gravy on Thanksgiving. You know, a day to celebrate how great it was when your colonizers arrived to drive you out, singing, now thank we all are God, you know. Like, that's what it would have felt like for the Jewish people to be in Babylon under this foreign approach to time. So they made their own approach to time and seasons. And it, it, I think of it like a brainwashing antidote, you know. They could tell they were getting brainwashed by this approach to time in Babylon, and they wanted an antidote to that. So it was a kind of a a subversive act, politically, um, personally, socially, communally, um, spiritually. It was a subversive act to what was happening to them in the culture that surrounded them. and that's really what the, the, what we call the church calendar, or the Christian calendar, at its best, um, is for. And, and a lot of that has really been, you know, kind of overrun by our consumer culture. But um, especially, I think, the, the, we have two, like, run-up seasons in the church calendar that we observe here at Blue Ocean. One is Lent that starts on Wednesday, Wednesday. Um, Ash Wednesday, Putschki Day is the day before, I guess, on Tuesday or Mardi Gras, and then Wednesday's Ash Wednesday, and then it runs up to 40 days up to uh, up to Easter, which is what April 21st this year. If you're really c- compulsive about it, Sunday doesn't count in the 40 days, so it's a little longer than 40 days. The whole period, but um, I like Lent better than Christmas. I really like Lent. Better than Christmas. Like, my favorites are Lent and Advent. And my least favorite is Christmas. I'm so, so sorry to say that. You know, I just don't, I don't like all the social extra obligations of Christmas and parties and who's going to write the, the letter where you brag about all the people, but don't make it seem like you're bragging and throw in like one or two little like difficult things as if you're being vulnerable and you know, like, <laughs> Ooh, I I just don't, I'm sorry I don't like Christmas (laughs) I'm I'm not the Grinch who stole it I I like our Christmas service though I like some parts of Christmas but I really like Lent because I I feel like Lent is something that's like useful to me and useful to us as like a subversive approach to time and you know Lent is, has always been traditionally like a season of reflection um, for the church when it's observing Lent, a, a time of focus and a time of, of connection. So it's a, it's a time to like refocus on the things that give us life, like connect, how, how can I connect to God more effectively? How can I connect with myself? How can I connect with other people? How can I connect with a wider world. The things that really make us human and, and, and make us alive in God are our connections, where, you know, like our first connection is Yahweh breathing into us and we become nefesh, you know, living souls. So like connection is like the heart of what it means to to be alive. And I see Lent as a season of reflection, focus, and connection so we what we do at blue ocean is we like have a a featured set of things that we do and encourage so that we can leverage the fact that when we do things together they're often more effective you know um and so let me just go over what we're looking at for lent we're going to have a a, a sunday uh, sermon theme as we always do and this one is going to be um like what real difference in the world and in history and in actual human lives can the life death and rising of jesus really make you know like apart from like theories of why it's great or why it's wonderful where you just have to basically accept the theory but why would you accept the theory it's just a, a theory you know like it doesn't make sense to me like what 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 real meaning does the death, the rising of Jesus have in his life and ministry in our world in such a way that it could actually be good news and and be something that actually changes the way human beings uh, live and how we organize and how we do community together. So that'll be the theme of our um, Sunday sermons. And then we have the featured book. So I asked Jim to uh, share about the cross and the lynching tree. I have one more copy to give out for lending. So if anyone wants to borrow the book, these, this is available in almost every library. Um, and I wanted to show it to you. So this is not that daunting in terms of size, although it's, it's not an easy book to read. So I do want to mention that to you. So um, James Cohen who wrote it, it was like, it Was describing just like the traumatic experience it was just to like put the put the book together, so you can you can only imagine. Um, you know, we one of the reasons we picked this book is that you know, like we, we all know that we came from uh, blue ocean. We came from like a shared religious trauma. Um, and the shared religious trauma was like the mistreatment of lgbtq people in in a religious setting it was is a religious trauma which i think is a real it's a real phenomenon um, but but we're also as as jim was saying we're also soaked in a society that was born in white supremacy and, you know, actually white supremacy is quite a bit on the rise now. It, it had had a heyday, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like an infection at the soul of the nation from the beginning. And it flares, you know, malaria is one of those infections. It'll just stay in your system and it'll be there and you, you don't have any symptoms. And then it flares. Well, we're in a flare time on on white supremacy. And I don't have to describe the reasons for that, you know. and And, um, and so really, I think the, the death and the life and the rising of Jesus kind of beckon us to face these things, uh, especially as we're going to unfold it in our sermon series. And uh, that's especially important for those of us who didn't like grow up having to face this as a, as a daily reality. I think there's an extra burden on those of us in the majority to make a point of... Uh, of reading, if we can, the cross and the lynching tree, and if you don 't have time to read it, you can Google it, you can read a summary there's a, um, James Cohn has like half hour talks online where he 's talking about the cross and lynching tree there 's good ways to access it and A second feature of Lent is that our own Emily Swan, who is taking the day off today, a well-deserved day of rest for her, um, is going to be doing a podcast because she's good at doing podcasts. And um, it's going to be a weekly podcast with reflections on the the cross and the lynching tree. So that's another way that you can tune into the Crossing the lynching tears through Emily's uh, podcast. And I think she's going to try to find a guest or two to include in the, uh, in the podcast. So those will be coming out on a weekly basis um, through the weeks of Lent. A third feature is we're going to encourage everyone to turn off their phones. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I do, mine does that all the time. We're going to focus. That was very mean of me as a speaker. I, bad bad speaker. Um, We're going to focus on um, uh, forming a new habit. So a great thing to do during the season of Lent is to identify something in your life where uh, forming a new habit would... um, enhance your life, would enhance your life in a life sense, like in a connectional sense, where you could connect to God more effectively, you could connect your, maybe to yourself more effectively, to other people, to the wider world. Pick out a habit that would help you uh, to do that. I, I would recommend only focusing on one. I mean, um, we have limited capacity in our brains to start new habits, and like, if, don't try to start two new habits at the same time, you know. Um, psychologists say it takes about six weeks to start to establish a new habit, You of focusing, of trying, of not doing it, of half doing it, of forgetting, and then remembering, and then doing it. Eventually you get enough momentum, and after about six weeks of that process, it's formed as a habit. And the awesome thing about a habit is, once it's a habit, you don't have to work at it anymore it makes your life easier so we form habits not because we're self-disciplined you know great people we form habits because we have such a limited capacity to focus and willpower and um out of our weakness we form habits so that we can do things that help our lives without all the effort that it normally takes so um You know, I would encourage you to think about just what's going on in your life and what would you find helpful. Like, um, if as you think about picking out one habit that you want want to focus on for Lent, um, maybe you you're carrying an extra load of anxiety. Hello, anyone carrying an extra load of anxiety? You know, these days, so you've thought, oh, how many times you've thought, you know, I I really wish that I you know, had a way of just doing like take a five minutes or 10 minutes in the morning or before bedtime to do some kind of a calming prayer practice or meditative practice i've heard that that helps with anxiety yes it absolutely does like even just like a 10 minute meditative practice will reduce your baseline anxiety level um uh, throughout the day so maybe you want to focus on something like that maybe you realize oh man i'm i'm so sedentary i need i just need to increase my activity level. And so maybe your habit thing would be like something that would increase your activity level um, through the through Lent in a way that you could sustain after Lent. Um, you know, once you've kind of identified something like that, and it would encourage you to think about like, what does your heart really want to do? Like to, you know, there's that part of our brain that's like, here's what I should be doing, our inner critic, and that's sometimes how we, how we uh, approach, we use that part of the brain to think about habits that we should develop. What I'd like to suggest is that you treat that as a daft, beloved um, uncle. Like that uncle who comes to Thanksgiving dinner and you, everyone puts up with them and when he leaves, you're kind of like rolling your eyes at each other and like, okay, that was fine. <laughs> but but you loved that uncle. I suggest you take that part of your brain on this, you know, for, for Lent and you just put it on the shelf or pretend that it's taken a vacation or gone to rehab or something is just away for six weeks. Don't pay attention to that part of your brain and um, think about it more like what do I really want to do in my life that I have a desire to do, and then settle on that, identify it, and, um, and uh, go for it. Um, so we're hosting six Lenten dinner groups again this year. So we have, uh, no, nine Lenten dinner groups. We have nine people who are going to host um, anywhere from like two to four I think maybe there's someone to do in five of the dinner groups. Uh, through they're scattered around, you know, uh, Ypsilanti, North West Northwest, Arbor, and, and I think uh, Canton area has one. And um, they're they're all over the the map. Um, but um, if you're interested in being invited to one of the Lenten uh, dinners, we have a sign-up sheet for that on the welcome table over there. You could just put your name and uh, contact information. If you have any, like, limitations of when you could do it, put that on there, and we'll try to match you up with a host. We could also, by the way, use a couple more people who want to host a Lenten dinner. We did nine last year. We did nine this year. And I think we almost always have more people who kind of like to do it than we have hosts. So um, it'd be great if we had a couple more hosts who just did two Lenten dinners. Like start three weeks from now and then do one a couple of weeks later. So if you're interested in hosting, let me know and we'll hook you up as a host. W- what's going to happen at the Lenten dinners? I don't know. It's up to the host, but we make some suggestions and that is like, you know, start, you know, make it like 90 minutes, an hour and a half. So it's something that people can like carve out of a, um, you know, work week if they need to. Um, uh, simple dinner, like we're, we're recommending just like a good soup and some bread. Uh, so simple meal, um, a simple little prayer format. We were recommending the divine hours, the evening prayers for the divine hours, which is like the, one of the easiest ways for a group to pray together. And you don't have to pray out loud in the divine hours because you can pass. So it's a super, uh, super simple way of reading some set prayers as a group. It's lovely. It's one of my favorite ways of praying. I'm kind of a, of a divine hours, philosophical groupie. I admit it. Um, and. Um, and then if people are um, using Lent to try to uh, start a new habit, you know, that would be a great place you could uh, mention what, what it is you're working on. Just you know, mentioning it to other people reinforces it for you. People can kind of share how they're doing on different things. That wouldn't be a requirement for being at the, at the dinner at, by any means. But, um, and then, oh, of course, eating and then talking and meeting people and learning names so that's what's that's what you'd be looking forward to if you wanted to sign up for one of the lenten dinners Uh, did i mention that we could use a couple more hosts who might do two more that would be awesome okay um the kids are going to be doing um a daily psalms journal so is that getting passed out susan to to the kids today Coming soon to a theater near us. Yes, I think we're going to send it out as a um, as a PDF on an on an email in the weekly update, and then it will be available. Uh, hard copies will be available, I think, for the kids. But it's um it's like a prayer journal for the kids. It actually it literally works from like second grade up to up to like our you know fifth uh, fifth graders. So um, it's something for younger kids that um, you know parent helping them with um, and the young in heart also enjoy doing the kids prayer journal which is based on the on the psalms it was developed by uh, christina roberts who is the founder of one of the blue ocean churches in uh, madison wisconsin i think it's called foundry 414 church um also the kids are going to be working up four songs for easter for us so they're going to be busy during Let working up their incredibly adorably cute songs and we're all going to go Oh, my Lord, that's amazing. So that's something to look forward to. Um, And then we're going to compose, probably at our next staff meeting, a communal prayer for Lent. Um, Just something we pray every Sunday. I looked at our communal prayer from last week, or last year, and like, it was answered. So it it was our communal prayer. You know, these things, I'll admit, they're slightly lame, but you kind of have to just roll with them, because they're not like these great, ornate prayers that have been sifted with 2,000 years of, uh, of history. But our little prayer last year was, Lord, help anyone looking for a church like ours to find us, inspire and empower us to get the word out that a Jesus-centered, fully inclusive faith community, community exists in southeast Michigan that they might enjoy, and that was my addition, and help us especially to welcome those who have been marginalized, embracing them with your love and light. Amen. We actually had a lot of people who started coming to the church like after after this, and we made some very significant improvements in getting the word out, so it was like, that's a good idea to start. With a prayer. So, I think we might focus on um, increasing our um, connections. So, a lot of times people come to Blue Ocean and then, like, sometimes like they, they come with a friend or they know someone or they make an easy early connection. And you know how great that is when you're in a new community. And sometimes it takes a while. And so, we just want to create some more spaces for that to happen. So, I think we'll probably focus that on our prayer for our community. But that will start next Sunday. Um, the final little thing is, last year we did the God Be In My Head Sarum Prayer daily thing. Um, so I don't, if those of you were around last year, if anyone wants to do that, send me an email. And I will email it to you, all 40 of the little reflections on the Sarum Prayer. And you can you can use that. We won't be sending it out to... To everyone um, that 's the prayer that we use at the beginning of the service. God be in my head and in my understanding, God be in my eyes and in my looking, etc. Um, but i 've challenged myself to do write another version of that, but with a subspecialty so i 'm going to work on a "God be in my head," a prayer when faith is broken i 'm going to try to do daily for forty days i 'm not sure i 'm going to make it, but i 'm going to try to do it. And I'm, I'm designing it so it's for people who have undergone sometimes significant religious trauma. So like, mm-hmm. very careful about the language and the religious terms and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Very simple. So it's going to be a different version of the of the Sarum prayer thing. And uh, I think for that, we'll just probably put it up on the church Facebook page. And I'm hoping we can probably get a... Uh, Robin can get us a a site on our website so you can go to that for that. Um, I've got the first three um, worked on. So that's, that's what's, those are like our resources for Lent. So two suggestions for uh, how, to, how to approach the season of Lent. This is more like mentality kinds of uh, things. How we approach things really makes a difference. First of the two would be try a kinder, gentler approach to yourself. For Lent, try a kinder and gentler approach to yourself for Lent, meaning for the Lenten practices that you might want to participate in. Um, you know, like I alluded to earlier, you know, some some forms of, of uh, Christianity put a lot of stock in like making promises and resolutions to do better and, you know, fosters a lot of self-talk in the stern lecture format, shall we say. And there's occasionally a place for that, but it's such a limited part of what actually works for us that, again, I just suggest you shelve that for Lent and try instead a kinder, gentler approach to yourself especially when it comes to like a new habit formation or something, something along those lines. So, they did these studies where they showed that if before you go to sleep at night, you simply set an intention, you set an intention, like say it inside your head but with some clarity, like, I look forward to going to the gym tomorrow something that you want to do and you're not sure you'll get around to it, so you want to bring the power of an intention to it, which is different than like determination or power. It's like a different part of the brain is working with intention. If you simply, before you go to sleep at night, set the intention, it significantly increases your chances of doing that thing. And the way you're supposed to set the intentions is um, not like I promise or like screwing up your willpower, because that just uses a part of the brain that isn't as effective as the intention part of the brain. But if you just say, I intend to start my five-minute meditation habit tomorrow, um, so you do it Gently you do it like it's not a promise. It's just an intention. It turns out that your brain through the night organizes around Doing that thing so that during the day you will have for it's almost like magic you look you will be like Said you'll look for an opportunity to do that thing and your chances of actually doing it are significantly increased. Um, I think the same thing works if you do it at, at the very beginning of the day. So there's these key times when the intention, but I think just before you go to sleep at night is, is a really good time. So think about, think about that. Um, and my second thing is not on my notes. Isn't that interesting? Um, I'm going to go look and I'm going to try to remember what it was anyway. <laughs> I had so many things going today. I had the I had the Solus Jesus class. I had oh, I could tell you all about that. I had the chapter the Rene Girard. Oh, here it is. Thank you. Um, um, the second thing is to um, and also uh, keep that intention that you're going to work on and let. Lent singular so you, it, you really can't do like um I intend to go to the gym to floss my teeth to stay off Facebook to call my mom to clean up my desk to and limit myself to three Girl Scout cookies you that like that doesn't work you know it, it will work for like one thing at a at a time so like one new habit for Lent would be a great way to use that uh Lenten thing, and think of it as like it's like it's like aiming your heart. You know, the Hebrew heart is like the thing that aims us. You know, directs us, and we we have power to set the direction of our heart. That's what the intention thing is going to do. And the second thing, by way of kind of attitudinal things, a, a way to approach these things is to connect your intention to the benefit of others so if you i mean it's it's fine to say i want to do this for me and that's actually good and healthy and wonderful but if you also include i want to do this and then consider the benefit of your doing it on others that also helps you uh to do it um so um, Oceana is my stepdaughter and she was she's in college and, and uh, you know in college they always give you these uh, things where you're supposed to talk about your family history and what are your core v- values as a family and vision. You got to interview your mother and your whoever and your grandparents and so Oceana was in this project for her class at MSU and she's uh, talking to her gaffer. Her gaffer is her grandfather. I'm thinking, I'm a grandfather, darn, why didn't I want to call myself gaffer? Because I would think it'd be the coolest thing to be called gaffer instead of grandpa. So my father-in-law, who I adore my father-in-law, he's like in his mid-80s, I'm like, I love this man, Charles Hutter. And He's known as Gaffer to his uh, many thousands of grandchildren. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about that at another time. But anyway... Um, Ocean is talking to Gaffer and and, uh, he was talking about going to church is a real important core value for him. And then I think Ocean, and interacting with him about it was sharing like reasons that she goes to church and how she thinks about that. And then Gaffer wrote back, you know, why go to church not just for what you get or what you may feel but also for the blessing others receive from you often unbeknownst to you. That would be a classic gaffer way of talking, by the way. <laughs> so when you set your intention to do something and you are consciously aware of how you're doing that would benefit other people in your life, your brain um, gets more into wanting to do it. I mean, my theory is that we're so intensely social. Human beings, we're so social. Like our, I don't mean we're uh, a bunch of extroverts. You know, I don't mean we all like to go to parties or we like to go around and have small talk with 7,000 people in an hour and a half. I mean, we depend literally on being part of larger groups for our survival, like that's part of being a human being. And so our brains have got to be wired to care about the well-being of others because the reality is that our well-being is linked up to the well-being of others. And so when we weave that into our intention, I want to, I want, let's say it's, uh, I want uh, to um, meditate 10 minutes a day. I want to meditate 10 minutes a day. I want to do that for myself. And I want to do that for the benefit of the people that I'll interact with in that day. That improves the power of your intention. So um, try, th- try weaving that into your um into your approach on your habit um so let's have a little uh, few minutes of quiet reflection as we do at the end of our times you can just uh get comfortable in your in your chair there um we we have we call it quiet not silent because noise happens and that's all part of it we can incorporate that into our time um, and let me just tell you in advance what I'm going to do. Uh, it's, there's going to be three parts of this. It'll probably take about three minutes and I'll guide you through it. I'll tell you in advance what i'm what I'm thinking of. First minute would just be a minute to um, center yourself, focus on being present here and now. you know I'll, I'll guide you in that like focus on. The weight of your body on the chair. Put focus on the f- your feet on the floor. Fo- you know, re- receive any sounds. Pay attention to any sounds around you. Focus on your breathing. So, one minute just to focus on where you are in the in the present moment, present space. And then for a second minute, I'm going to invite you to. This is not it. I'm telling you in advance what it is. So, I see some of you starting to meditate, and that's just fine. But it just so you know. Um, <laughs> the second minute is to focus on someone that you like and you feel kindly disposed toward and just for a minute picture them call them to mind and you know if you're a visualizing kind of person you could try to picture them but what's more important is to focus on the feeling that you have for them so you kind of have to pick out someone that you you just, you just feel kindly disposed to them. And you, it's just so easy for you to want the best for them. And you want them to be kind to themselves. It's that kind of a person. So I've, we'll have us do that for a minute. And then the third minute will be just to ask your heart, as though it's not obvious, um, what one habit you'd love to have established um, by the end of Lent. And don't necessarily expect an answer in that minute, but just begin the process of asking yourself what you'd really like to, to do to increase your connections. And then if something does uh, come to your mind, uh, um, we're going to pass out... Did we pass out the... Oh, okay, let's pass out those cards. Um, it's not really meditative to pass out cards, but what the heck. Um, I'm going to give you two um, three by 5 cards. Everyone take two cards... One of them is to write down, um, if you have an idea for an intention, for maybe a new habit that you want to start, think of it as provisional. Um, And you can keep one copy for yourself, and then you can put one card in this basket as you come forward for communion as just a way of like laying it before God. Like, does this really seem like a good idea to both of us? And then you can settle on that maybe by... uh, maybe uh, within a week or by um, by ash wednesday we've got some extra pens too so once those are all out we'll get started with our our little meditation everyone got what they need okay get comfortable in your chair there let's just take the next minute to focus on being present here and now i just invite you to maybe focus first of all on the feeling of the weight of your body on the chair the feet on the floor could focus on any sounds around you and you could focus on your breathing just for the next minute And then for the second minute, minute just focus on someone that you easily like or that you easily feel kindly disposed toward. So you might want to picture them in your mind, call them to mind, especially to focus on the feeling that you have toward that person for a minute. As you're distracted from that, just return to that focus, that person and that feeling you have for them. And then for our final minute, just inquire of your heart. Just lay it out as a question that you may get some light on or you may not at just the beginning of a process of like what one new habit that you'd love to have established by the end of Lent. Or it could be more general than that. It could be like one area that you'd like to find some new way of going about things that would... would give you life just take a minute to inquire Oh, okay and you can open your eyes now and I just uh, suggest that whatever whatever like wispy thing came to mind you can jot that down or maybe some of you had like a real clear oh I want to do this um, write that down on each card keep one for yourself and present the other one to God by dropping it in the basket and asking for some clarification and some assistance in that All right.